0: My house was a little crazy last night as the kids listened to the episode on the land of ice and snow, and they embraced the Viking theme, especially since I was talking about them being crazy around the dinner table in a fond way. Let's just say that gave them an opportunity to get very enthusiastic about their behavior at dinner and beyond. But it was a great evening, but I thought today... I might come down a little bit from the Viking talk. We're going to talk about rich love and a pure soul. Not something Vikings probably talked about at the dinner table, but important nonetheless. We're going to jump right in to a verse of scripture today and then an analysis from a monk who lived in the 400s. So from Mark chapter 12, Verse 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There's no commandment greater than these. What did he just say? Love God more than anything. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Now, notice it doesn't qualify neighbor. (laughs) It doesn't say, love your neighbor whom you like. Love your neighbor who looks like you. Love your neighbor who agrees with you. Love your neighbor who's nice to you. Love your neighbor who loves you. It doesn't say that. It says love your neighbor as yourself. There's a reason those two go together because you can't do one without the other. If you don't love your neighbor, you don't truly love God. If you don't love God, it's hard to truly love your neighbor. Now, St. Diadochus mentioned him a few podcasts ago. Go back and listen. In his Discourses on Spiritual Knowledge, written in the 400s. What's that? Over 1,600 years ago. From Discourse 15, here's what he comments. When a man begins to perceive the love of God in all its richness, he begins to love his neighbor with spiritual perception. This is the love of which all scriptures speak friendship of the flesh is very easily destroyed on some slight pretext since it is not held firm by spiritual perception you know one thing where that really hit me is looking back over my life I've had some really good friends that over very worldly concerns and arguments we ended up being the opposite of friends Some that you know to this day, we don't talk at all. I think some of them wouldn't wanna talk to me. And when I look back on those moments and those instances, it's pretty clear that whoever was right or wrong in the argument or right or wrong in the situation, I know me personally, it was a time in my life that spiritually I was not following God. I was not where I wanted to be. I was totally focused unworldly concerns and see this can happen not just to friends of ours but to family to people we love easily you know part of 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 loving your neighbor is is you know loving the people that you're close to which isn't always easy and just how if you're not focused on the love of god you're not going to be able to truly love your neighbor. If you're not focused on the love of God first, there are going to be moments in your life that people close to you, people that you have a lot in common with, people that you want to love, people that you don't want to be estranged from, you become estranged from. You don't love one another. The reason that love of God helps us do this is that when you truly Are filled with the Holy Spirit and love God, you see God everywhere You know, a friend of mine sent me Like a meme on Facebook the other day And it was a picture of this monk walking down the road And the quote basically said I would go insane at the way the world is If I didn't know in the end, God wins Now, that's kind of what the love of God does It allows you to look at the crazy, the things that disappoint you, the people that let you down, and and, and in a way see God in all of it and learn, I don't know if accept it is the right word. You don't want to accept evil or bad behavior. There are consequences for that, but it allows you to not be unsettled by it. It allows you to see the bigger picture. It allows you to see a friend and get through those moments because you don't lose sight of all of the good moments. One might call it as Diadochus does, spiritual perception. Now this leads to the second piece of wisdom that I think holds all of this together. What is the thing that allows us to truly love God, that allows us to love our neighbor? it's well, a little bit earlier. If you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, whether it is loving God or loving your neighbor, you gotta look at yourself. You gotta be honest about what you see. Verse like this gets mistaken. A lot. People use it to say, don't judge. And they forget the first part, which is take the plank out of your eye. Then you can see clearly to judge and judge is not always a bad term to, to help people, to guide people, to mentor people. You have to judge. But before you do that, you need to take the plank out of your eye. And if you don't, if you don't, not only can't you judge fairly, but you can't love God. You can't. If you, if you look at the world and all you see are the mistakes God has made before you've taken the plank out of your own eye, all you're going to see are the mistakes that you think God has made. Now, Diadakis talks about this too, further on in his discourses on spiritual knowledge. From number 23, no one can either love truly or believe truly unless he has first brought accusations against himself. For so long as our conscience is troubled with self-reproach, the intellect is no longer able to sense the perfume of heavenly blessings, but at once becomes divided and ambivalent. Now, man, there's a lot packed in there. The first thing I want to point out is this. Taking the plank out of your own eye should be a painful thing or you're not really doing it. That's why I like the word... That he uses as opposed to the translation in scripture. You know, to take the plank out of your own eye is an accusation. You got to look in the mirror and you got to be harsh. Now, you have to do it with the spirit that when you do that, being, you know, it's not like you're being self-critical and it's going to break you down and you're going to be all depressed. You do it in the spirit of. Throwing those accusations at yourself allows you to get down on your knees, approach God, ask God to forgive you, to enlighten you, to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to fill you with God's love, and then it leaves you hopeful and happy. But it's going to hurt if it's real at the beginning. Because if you don't, If you don't do that, I love what he says here, that it leaves you divided and ambivalent. Because if on the one hand, you want to love your neighbor and you want to love God, but on the other hand, you can't be honest about yourself, you're divided. Because the part of you that doesn't want to judge yourself, which is your ego, it is the thing that instead of judging yourself, it wants you to have a bucket of ice cream. Instead of judging yourself, it wants you to take a drug. Instead of judging yourself, it wants you to lash out at somebody else. But then over here, because we were created in the image of God, there's always that part of us that wants to feel love, that wants to feel accepted. And they fight and they divide us. And if we're not willing to take the steps to look at ourselves in humility, we end up just ambivalent in the middle where most people end up. you're 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 neither hot nor cold. You're just kind of in the middle. So, to have a life of deep peace and love, to truly say, I love God, to truly look at your neighbor, whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, and love them, be able to pray for them, starts with throwing accusations at yourself so you can see clearly the faults that you need healed of, forgiven, and then you can begin to do those things. Loving your enemies and examining your soul, as hard as that may seem, creates rich love and a pure soul. Loving your enemies and examining your soul allows the love of God in you, and it's like this cycle that moves you forward. You examine your soul, you love God, you can love your enemies, you're moving forward. Loving God allows you to love your enemies. Loving your enemies allows you to examine your soul because you see their faults and you see your faults. Examining your soul allows you to love God. You see how that goes forward? And see, it goes the opposite direction. If you don't examine your soul, it gets hard to love God because you know you're hiding something from God. You know you're not fully giving yourself to God. When you don't do that, you can't examine your own faults. It becomes easy to distract yourself from your faults by looking at the faults of your enemies which can fill your heart with anger and hate, which makes it hard to love God, which makes it hard to examine yourself. You see how that goes? And it's a battle that we face every day, but it's a battle that we should fight, and it's a path that we should take. After we have accepted the call of Christ, this should be the past of all Christians. Once you have said, I am a Christian, your path is one of self-examination, loving God, in loving your neighbor. A few podcasts ago, I was talking about the Russian I met and he said, uh, you know, from his point of view, that American Christians weren't that serious. And he blamed it on them just being young. Well, I kind of see it this way. I, I think as Americans, we're pretty good at the whole, be a Christian, come to church, you know, make the call, come to the altar. We're good. We're good about the sizzle part. See, the sizzle part is come up here, sinner. Let me lay hands on you. We're good at the sizzle. What we're not so good at is the long path after that. The long path after that, where we learn what that means. We learn the responsibility of that. What's the responsibility of that call? It's drawing. Closer and closer to God. It's loving God. It's doing so so that we may love our neighbors. We may love our enemies to become a light to them, a beacon that calls them to do the same thing. And if we can't love our neighbors, if we can't take care of them, if every day, We can't look around at creation. We can't look at all the things we've been given and see the love of God. We gotta go back to ourselves. And we gotta ask ourselves, have I taken the plank out of my own eye? Have I thrown accusations at myself? Don't do so out of guilt. Don't do so thinking it's gonna make you worse. Do so as if it is medicine, as if it's the thing that is gonna heal you as if it's the thing that is going to fill you with love and the Holy Spirit. And you will truly understand the greatest commandment, the greatest commandments: Love your God and love your neighbor. There is no commandment greater than these. Own it. Understand there is no more important place in the New Testament after you have accepted Christ than those. Follow them. Throw accusations at yourself. If you don't, it is okay. Because God will be there to pick you up. And your real friends, your real lovers of God will understand and they will be there for you. And that is why no matter how far you have fallen, No matter how dark the day may seem, no matter how much time has passed, no matter how old you are, there is always hope. Because in the moment that you are able to see that plank and remove it as painful as it is, you find God and hope and love. So until next time, my friends, I want you to aim high. And you can't aim if you got a plank in your eye. Spread your wings. You can't fly if there's a log dangling from your eye socket. And keep your eyes on the things that matter, which is what? Loving God, loving your neighbor. Examining yourself, throwing accusations at yourself because that's what leads us to the golden place, to the light. I am your host, Siloan, as always gather round, tell your friends. Be here with me tomorrow on Friday as we kick off the weekend. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.